Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Father, you're so good. Thank you for your amazing love. Thank you for this beautiful church, Lord, for the family of God. Lord, no matter whether we come with overflow in our hearts or we come with needs in our hearts, Lord, you are so amazing. And I pray right now you would speak into our hearts, refresh us with your awesome presence and prepare us for what you have for us in the days ahead in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Give someone a high five as you take seats. Yeah. Awesome. Well done. Okay. I want to share out of Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. Who knows what Isaiah 40, 28 to 31 says? Some of you have memorized it. If not, it's going to come up on the screen for you. If you've got your Bibles or you want to look at it as well. Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. And God, through His Word, asks us two very important two very important questions. Do you not know? Have you not heard? When God asks us questions, you've got to start listening. Some people ask you questions and you get sick of them, you know. Um, some parents say, the kids, they just ask questions all the time. Well, how does this work? And why is that happening? Why, why, isn't this, why isn't this happening? But when God asks us questions, I've learned you've got to listen and make sure you understand what the question really says. So it says, do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary? This is really, really good news. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow tired and weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God like eagles, rising toward the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Let's give praise to God. What a great promise that is. Whoa. Another question we're going to ask is, do you ever get tired and weary? Most will say yes. Some of us say, by 8.30 in the morning, you're worn out before the day's got going. Especially you've got young kids, or you're facing a challenging work environment, or if there's strife or conflict in your household, you're worn out before the day starts. That's horrible. Some of us make it to lunchtime, doing really well. We go, oh, wow, how am I going to make it through the afternoon? So another couple of cups of coffee and hopefully not too many chocolate bars, and we make it through the day. But God says you don't have to live life tired and weary all the time because God doesn't get tired or weary. That means he's got resources to help us when we are running out of energy. Some of us are like the energizer, but just keep going. Others have somehow missed the switch, the flick-on switch, and we're just thinking, how do we get going? But here we have this great promise. And what a picture. It says, you will rise up on wings like an eagle. And uh, we were at a point, Vernon, just a few weeks ago, and we saw one of those ospreys, the sea eagles, take off. And they just soar. They just, they just glide around. They hardly even flap their wings. They do to get going. Then they just soar on the currents. 
And uh, I remember I was brought up on a farm up near Toowoomba, and I remember one day I was walking the bush, and I looked up, only a few meters above me was this huge wedge-tailed eagle sitting in a tree, the closest I've ever got to one, their two-meter wingspan, and it was sitting only meters above me in the tree, so I was really quiet and just watched it for a while, and then it took off. A few flaps of the wings, and then it just started to glide. Now, we're up in the mountains, just went up and up, and I watched it for about 20 minutes until I couldn't see it anymore. I don't know how many um, thousands of meters it went up in the air. It just went gliding. And I've also watched them that when the storm comes, all the little birds go and hide. The eagles say, Yahoo, here comes a storm with lots of wind currents. And they just take off and they glide right above the storm. Everyone else just goes hiding to survive, but the eagle, it puts its face to the storm and the wind and just starts to take off and gets excited when there's a challenge. When I think, wow, God says, hey, we can, we can run and hide when the challenges come or we can learn what it looks like to rise on wings like eagles. The storm or the things that make us tired and weary can drain us or they can draw us into God and His Spirit and we can learn to rise above and through those things that can drain us. He gives strength to the weary. To Him He has no might. He increases power. Even young people that seem to have endless energy, eventually they get tired. Two-year-olds, you think they'll never get tired. They just go, go, go. But then everything goes quiet and you find them just <laughs> sleeping away. <laughs> and you enjoy a little bit of space. In the message it says, verse 31, but those who wait upon God get fresh strength. I love that. I want to talk today about staying fresh or being refreshed in our attitude and our soul because it's almost halfway through the year. Hard to believe. We were just celebrating Christmas, I think, a few weeks ago. But it's halfway through the year almost, just about the end of second term for all the school teachers and chaplains and parents and, and uh, busy in life and family and work. And it's a good time to stop and think, Lord, am I winding down or do I take a minute's breath and say, Lord, how do I stay and get fresh again for the next season of life? And I believe God gives us some great insight here. He goes on and says, they spread their wings and soar like eagles. Now that big wedge-tailed eagle, it could sit in that tree and it would die of starvation. It's got to choose to stretch its wings and start to get out and fly. And God says, we've got to choose every day to lift up our, our wings. What are they? In other words, we position ourselves. We start to lift our voice in praise and thanksgiving. We start to lift our eyes to see God's greater than everything that might be around us on the traumas and the tragedies and the terrorism that's around the world. We can get swamped by that and say, wow, how are we going to survive? I went to a business event on Friday night just for a while and, and you could hear the talk and the guy that got up and spoke for a few minutes says, so many of us get overwhelmed by the terrorism and politics and, and everything or you can, we can choose to have some hope and focus for the future. I thought, wow, good on you, mate, go for it. Because there's so many good things happening in our community and our churches and the body of Christ, but we can get lose sight of it if we don't position ourselves and let the Spirit of God cause us to arise. And it goes on and says, they run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. What a great promise this is. And I'm, uh, 
excited to be stirred again, that we can be refreshed. And we all get tired, but we can get refreshed by His Spirit. And you say, how, how can we do that? I'm glad you asked. Let's have a look. Okay, number one in these verses says, you need to make sure you have a right relationship with the Lord. You can't ignore that. And we, we know that as believers, but we've got to continue to make sure that's center and focus. And it says there in verse 31 to those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him. That's what the word wait upon the Lord means. You don't just sit around and hope for God somehow going to send an angel and give you a message and, and an adrenaline shot to get you through the next few weeks. That's not what it means. It says you, you look for, you expect, you hope that God's with you every day to give you energy for this week, to give you emotional, spiritual, physical energy, to keep on moving forward with God's plan and purpose for your life individually and corporately. And uh, a, a lovely verse in Acts 3.19, which is just after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, recorded in Acts 2, a great move of God was happening. Lots of people were getting their lives sorted out. And there's a really interesting verse in Acts 3.19. It says, repent then and turn to God. That's what the word repent means. It means to turn around. It also has an even more exciting meaning because re means again, pent actually means top. That's why we got the word penthouse is always on the top, worth the most money with the best views. So repent means to turn around and go back to the top of where God's planned for you to live. Don't live in the basement with, uh, with shame and guilt and discouragement and people's opinions. Repent means to turn, lift your eyes and go back to the top of how God's called you to live as an overcomer. That's what repent really means. It's not, a, it's not groveling and saying, God, forgive me and help me all the time. It's turning, help me, and then getting back and living where God's planned you to live. That's what the word repent really means. And so it, it says, repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And listen to this, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You and I know that if we allow sin or unforgiveness, unresolved conflict, strife, negativity, we know if we allow that to stay in our minds and our hearts, you're not refreshed. You are drained by thinking about it. Oh, I can't face that person. Instead of dealing with the offense and forgiving, we go and hide. Or, oh, I can't face this challenge. It's just so draining. I don't think I'm going to make it through. And so we end up getting drained. That's a quick way to lose your energy. If there's sin and unresolved things in our souls or our minds or our hearts, let me tell you, it will drain you. But it says if you repent, turn to God, it says times of refreshing will come from Lord. How awesome is it when you finally deal with a sin in your life? You've been put off thinking God doesn't know, but He knows everything anyway. And so we call them secret sins. I don't know why, because God knows everything anyway. So who's the, who's the secret from? God loves us. He says, come on, you can, you can, with my help, I've already paid her on the cross, you can deal with this. You don't let, need to let this drain you and rob you of your energy and strength. And when you do, it says there will be times of refreshing. And how awesome it is when you finally get your heart soft and clean before God and you get unresolved conflict and all of a sudden you think, wow, you wake up saying, what an awesome day. 
No better day than it was yesterday, but you're freer and you're refreshed because now you're not weighed down by all this junk and shame and guilt and condemnation. And that's what it says. Repent, turn to God, and times of refreshing will come from the Lord. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And so there's great refreshing comes. And sometimes we get overwhelmed by other people's sins and offenses. We're trying to keep our life right, but they just keep on doing dumb stuff to us. We're good at blaming, aren't we? We're good at pointing the finger. But God says, hey, let me deal with your sins and offenses. Repent and then help others come into a place of freedom. And then refreshing will come not only for you, but all the people around you. Like when the kids are, and one's stolen something and they're blaming the other one and you know they're not telling the truth. And so there's confusion in the household until someone finally owns up, says, yes, it was me. Let's bring it to God. Let's get it dealt with. And all of a sudden, everyone's happy. They're all playing outside. But before they were in strife and conflict, God wants us to live in the overflow. Psalm 23, verse 3. I love Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not be in lack or want. He provides, releases in still waters. Then in verse 23 it says, He restores my soul. But quite a few of the versions say, He refreshes my soul. How awesome. When you just take some time out with God, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. The Amplified says, he refreshes and restores my soul, my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. How awesome. That's why I love worshipping together, because your soul gets refreshed. You, you get inspired. Something happens when, when the body of Christ gathers, whether it's in a life group, in a prayer group, in a ministry group, whether it's two people in a prayer partnership, whether it's in church where we get together and worship. How awesome is that? And I'm amazed, some people, I meet them and they used to go to church and now they go once every three months. I said, what happened? Oh, nothing really, I just got busy. So I just watch, I just watch God TV and I get my, my little message of encouragement and that's how I do life. And I said, that is really sad because you've just missed out on more than half of what Christianity means. Because Christianity is about the body, the family, it's growing together. You need to get spiritual food, grab anything you can. But it's about the family of God, because there the refreshing, the anointing, the gifts of the Spirit, the presence of God comes. That's why it's so important to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, because your soul, your spirit, you'll hear someone's story. You'll hear someone pray with you or for you over a couple. You'll hear someone's story, and all of a sudden you go away saying, wow, this is awesome. Or God uses you to bless someone else, and you go away refreshed in your soul. That's how powerful it is. To refresh means to revive and to become vigorous again. It means you were fresh, because re means again. So to refresh means you were fresh, but somehow you'd lost it or you just got drained out of you. So to be refreshed means that God once again brings you back to a fresh state of thinking, a fresh open heart of response to God and one another. Brings you to hope and encouragement and enjoyment. You wake up saying, God, what an amazing day. What an amazing day, the freedom that comes. You get refreshed in all of your being. Some of you are saying, well, I haven't felt like that for a while. 
There are seasons of pain and grief and loss and difficulty. But let's be like the eagle, not just let it overwhelm us. Say, God, there's got to be a way to rise through this. And His presence will come and help us. So number one, if you want to have a refreshing, have a right relationship with the Lord. Secondly, you need to make room for His living Word to get into your soul. A beautiful uh, a verse says, Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Sometimes I feel simple and I just don't understand how to do stuff, especially when it comes to technology. <laughs> Our internet's been dropping in and out this week and I've got no idea where to start trying to find that. I get worried when all the experts can't sort it out either. That's, that's really worrying. But Bible says, <coughs> the word, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. <coughs> Excuse me. How often when you read the Bible, you just get refreshed. You're just reading the Scriptures. And I'm reading through the Old Testament and I'm up to uh, Numbers at present. And, uh, and there's some great stories there of how God dealt with the people of Israel. Wherever you are in the Bible, reading through, doing devotions, journaling, your soul will be refreshed. God will just give you strength and energy. Lift your vision to a larger perspective on where you are. Matthew 4, 4, when he was facing the temptation in the wilderness, he came back with these classic words. Jesus answered by, by quoting Deuteronomy, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's really interesting. That word proceeds is a present continuous tense. In other words, it's not just what was written 2,000 years ago. It's the Holy Spirit taking the written word and making alive to you now. So it's the word that continues to proceed from the mouth of God. So it's relevant for where you are. He takes the written and makes it alive. So it's fresh bread for your soul. How terrible is it when you get find stale bread? A little while ago, I was somewhere and I opened a fridge and here was a three-quarters loaf of bread that it got stuck in the back. It wasn't our fridge, so it wasn't, this is not, not our fridge. Someone else's fridge. And I pulled it out to look for some food and here was a loaf of moldy, stale bread. Thank God it still had the clip on it so it wasn't inspecting the rest of the fridge. But I pulled out the, oh, yuck. Threw it straight in the bin. How terrible is when you've got moldy, stale bread and that's all you've got to eat? That is just really, you know, even if you close your eyes and hold your nose, it's still really hard to eat it and it'll probably do you damage, not good. Thank God in the, in the wilderness, when the children of Israel are traveling, it says every day they got fresh manna, fresh food. Do you know what the word manna means? What is it? That's what it actually means. This sort of stuff came down every morning, was lying on the ground, and they grabbed it and they'd made, they made manna burgers and manna cake and everything, and they got a bit sick of it after a while, so they got some uh, birds as well, quail. But how awesome, every day they went out and it was fresh. And God says, I want you to go out six mornings in the week, and when it comes to the Sabbath or the day of worship, you won't have to go out and work and pick it up that day, because I'll give you a double amount the day before, and it won't go moldy or go off for that one day, but any other day, if you keep it more than one day, it'll go off. God was trying to teach the people of Israel there's power 
putting our first day of the week, putting our day where we encounter God in His presence, and we don't have to work seven days a week. And I know there's people who do shift work and all those dynamics in our modern society, but you've got to have some time, a day a week where you refresh, refocus, worship. Take time out of your normal daily life to connect with God. And that's why we do church. It's one of the reasons, because God instituted that. Otherwise, you end up with stale, moldy bread. And that's not going to give energy to our lives. Sometimes our lives can end up being described like this. Boring, mundane, monotonous, going through the motions, on a treadmill, surviving, not thriving. We won't get you to show our hands on that, but I think all of those might speak to some of us from time to time. Hopefully not every day. Otherwise, life becomes really tiresome and hard work. But God wants us to have energy, freshness, focus, overflow. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Don't forget how amazing is our God and our freedom in Christ. How awesome the love and power of the Lord flowing in our lives. He wants to have fresh adventures, fresh ideas, fresh hope, fresh challenges, fresh perspective, fresh flow in our lives, in your work life, in your family life. There's, we don't need to just go through the motions. We need to have healthy habits, but we need freshness about what we do. The energy of life in our, in our that's why as church, we don't do everything the same every week. Last week we had a DVD. The week before we had Steve Grace preaching and sharing amazing stories. We have variety because we need to have freshness in our lives. And God wants it. Thirdly, if you want to stay fresh, we need to make room for the Holy Spirit. Because there's a beautiful verse in Psalm 92 verse 10. It says, I am anointed with fresh oil for your service. Wow, I am anointed with fresh oil. And another version says, how refreshed I am by your blessings. God wants to anoint us with fresh oil. That's why when we worship, when we pray, in your own devotions time, when you, you press into God, you get fresh oil. Pray in the Spirit. Take some time out to worship and love God. I do prayer here on Friday mornings from 6.30 to 8. And some of the folks come and join us, but I come really to get my spirit focused and ready for weekends. And how many times when I come with that focus, I walk away there really refreshed, ready to go. After a busy week of people and planning and stuff, I just take an hour and a half, pull my guitar out, worship, pray with others, and often God gives me fresh food to minister on Sundays. He often gives me fresh perspective in my soul, and I walk away there just refreshed. And if I miss that because I'm away, I really, really miss it because it's one of my ways of staying fresh. And we need to do daily devotions, but you need to have times where you can just focus in. And that's why going to a life group or a prayer group or some area of ministry or service, it can give you that time to really get refreshed where the Holy Spirit's got enough time to get through. Because we just take a while, send us to unwind and be connected. So the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 92, 14, it says, They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. So no excuses just because you're older saying, well, I'm just old and crusty and boring. No way. No way. That's not allowed in our church. It's not allowed in our lives. And whether you think you're getting older 30 or 50 or 70 or 90, 
That's not that you can't use that excuse because your spirit, your spirit's going to last, live forever. So this life of 70 or 90 years is very short. So comparatively, your spirit is still very, very, very young. Your body wears out. Our mind slows down, but don't use that excuse. The Bible says you will stay fresh and green and keep producing fruit all of your life because you're just getting ready for an eternity with God. Wow, that stirred something up and got a few of you a bit mad, but that's okay. God, help us to do what your word says, not just by what society or what our pains or bodies tells us. <coughs> God says you can stay fresh. Fourthly, if you want to stay fresh, you need to have good, healthy relationships. Family and friends. Proverbs 25.13 says, Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat, refreshing. How awesome is that? Just having good friends in our world. Family, and they come and just hang out. It's like a cool drink of water on a hot, sweltering day. Those family members, those friends, those mates, those people that are in our life as a gift from God. And I pray that you're that to many others as well. Don't just look and say, oh, I don't have any friends. The Bible says, if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. Every now and then I say, oh, people say, oh, I didn't really meet any friends at church. I said, and then I watched them. They came in five minutes late and they left, they left right halfway through the last song and there was never a chance anyone to ever catch them. I said, how are you going to make friends if that's how you live? I know there are times when we're going through a journey of brokenness or fear, but you can't live like that all the time because you'll never make good friends. And you'll always say, it's their fault. They won't be friends. I said, you didn't give anyone a chance. And they said, really? I said, okay, let's come out and we're going to sit outside for 15 minutes upstairs and we're going to have a cuppa and let's see who we can connect with. I've done that with some people and they say, and then next week they got five people at their table. I said, see, it wasn't that hard, was it? We allow fears and disappointments and our personality say, I'm really shy, so I can't make friends. That's not true because God's created us with unique personalities, but we can all have relationships. But we've got to make room if we have them. Here's another beautiful proverb, 11.25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Wow. So if you're looking, say, I'm going to look for someone today to refresh them and you'll get refreshed. How awesome when you're at the shops and you're going through the checkout or you're doing whatever and you just talk to someone for 20 seconds. How's your day going? Someone will give their parrot reply and say, wow, it's awesome. Or, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to make it through this week. Well, what's happened? Two little questions and sometimes you've connected with someone's soul and you've refreshed them. You might never talk to them again or a connection might happen where you can build relationship. I remember when I worked at the bank years ago, this guy used to come in and uh, we sort of connect because he worked for a business and had to do the banking every day. So we got to know each other a bit and little bit by little bit he'd say, what did you do on the weekend? So the first few times he said, oh, I had a great, great time hanging out with friends. About the third time he said, you're happy today. What happened on the weekend? He said, I went to church. We had the most amazing day. And he looked at me and said, really? I sowed a seed. I got him curious. Didn't say anymore. And each time over a couple of months, we end up with this amazing conversation. One day he says, I'd, you're just so positive. I'd love you to meet my family. So we organized for me. We went around to his place. I was only a young guy, 19, just started helping in youth. And that night we talked for five hours. I ended up leading him and his wife and his three teenage kids to Jesus over dinner. 
I thought, Lord, how did that happen? Because I'd, I'd never led a whole family to Jesus before. And so the next morning I rang the youth pastor and said, hey, this is what happened last night. Do you think I did well? He said, that's awesome. I wasn't trying to get praise. I want to make sure that I hadn't pushed them into something and talked them and done whatever. They joined our church and grew in Christ for years. And it started because I was just willing enough to say, hey, I went to church. We had an awesome day and got in curious. Some people won't talk about church. I think, oh, they're just going to go like this. Some might, but if you do it in a positive way, in a, in a salt and light way and make them curious, it's amazing. There's a whole lot of people there just looking for some hope. But you've got to make a window for them to see it, to connect with it, so that they can get refreshed out of your soul. A couple more just to wrap it up. Philemon 1.7, a tiny little book with about 20-something verses in it. Verse 7 says, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And the story there is Philemon <coughs> was a, a manager or a boss, and he had servants or slaves. And one of his slaves, Onesimus, had stolen from him and run away. Then Paul actually met this guy and led him to Jesus. And that letter is Paul writing to Philemon saying, you're a great guy, you refresh people, but I plead with you, this guy who ripped you off and you don't ever want to talk to again, he's come to Christ and I plead for you to accept him back because he'll be a good man now. A whole personal letter about receiving back someone who had let you down. How awesome is God? He goes to the details of our lives. And so he says, Philemon, you're a great guy, you refresh others You've refreshed the Lord's people. I want you to reach out and refresh someone who let you down because now he's come to Christ and he's changed. That's a powerful letter, isn't it? Philemon, a little letter in the New Testament. If we want to refresh our souls, you need to serve the Lord with gladness. Don't just do it out of duty, but serve the Lord with gladness. I've determined a long time, if I'm going to do serving Jesus, I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm going to do it with gladness whether it's working well or whether it's hard work or whether you're feeling people aren't appreciating it, I've said, let's serve the Lord with gladness. Psalm 100 says that. When, when Jesus restored Peter on the beach, he said, Peter, he asked him three times, do you love me? Peter said, yes. The first two times, Jesus said, do you love me, agape? Do you love me with all of your being? And Peter said, I love you with my filio, with my friendship love, but I don't know if I can do that whole total surrender thing because I've let you down. And Jesus responded the first time, says, feed my lambs, which is children or new Christians. Wow. Feed my lambs. What a powerful truth. The first thing Jesus said, Peter, you're an amazing guy. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. But you need to learn to feed the lambs. Learn to teach the children and new Christians how to follow God. Secondly, he says, feed my sheep. Thirdly, shepherd my sheep. And the third time, Jesus, instead of saying, Peter, do you agape me? Peter couldn't come to that level. So Jesus came down and said, do you filio me? And Peter said, yes. Jesus will come to where you are and then lift you. How amazing is our God that he knows when we're wrestling and struggling, he comes to where we are and says, hey, let's go on a journey of maturity and freedom in Christ. And the last one, if you want to have refreshing, get some joy in your life. Hang out with some funny people. Why do, why do there so many television shows, they have these comedians are now stars because people want to laugh. And some of you have got the amazing sense of humor, just enjoy it. 
not at other people's expense, but laugh at yourself. Some of us are way too serious with ourselves in life. Have a laugh when something goes wrong. Just laugh. I love little kids. They'll just burst out laughing for almost no apparent reason. That's how we're supposed to live, but we get sophisticated and hurt and put all this water so we stop the, we lose the joy of laughter and fun. God says, let's enjoy the journey of life. A good sense of humor. A merry heart is good like a medicine. Help us. We're going to come around communion just for the next few minutes and invite the team up. And I want us to take a few moments just to reflect on how fresh is your soul and your attitudes. Middle of this year, hey, some of us get drained. It, the Bible says, don't become weary in well-doing. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And he'll have to show for his life his weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let it work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Here's a, an encouragement and a challenge. Don't become weary and well-doing. Keep remembering why we do it, because we love God and we love people. Keep realizing we don't have to do it in our own strength only. Yes, it will take focus and physical and emotional energy, but you don't do it in your own strength only because the Spirit of God within you will motivate you. If we do a few of those things that we talked about today, you can begin to be refreshed, renewed, and rise up on wings like an eagle. An eagle, they inspire me. I think, wow, look at them. Quite a number of times, God says, be like an eagle. The sharpest eyes. Someone can see up to three kilometers away to see their prey. They've got these amazing eyes that can just scan all at once. Just incredible. And the strength. And this uh, osprey that we saw out here at Point a few weeks ago, saw it one day, and I looked and thought, it's got a fish in its claws. It had swooped down, grabbed a fish, it sat up in the tree about 20 meters above us and ate the fish in front of us, up above us. I've never ever seen that before. Normally they'll go somewhere else, but they just we just sat and watched it and got a photo of this sea eagle catching the fish and then eating it. God wants you to soar. Some of you feel like, hey, he said, if you want to soar, don't hang out with the turkeys. Because <laughs> they scratch around in the ground and never lift their heads and they just fast. They're nice to eat, but they don't ever fly. And that's not a put down of negative people, but make sure you get with a few eagles every now and then and let yourself rise so you can minister life to those who are resting through the pain and brokenness of life. One more scripture I want to read and I'm going to take a few moments to take communion. Let's stand in his presence. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
What a beautiful, beautiful statement. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely, lightly. Let's close off for a moment and just think about those words. We all get discouraged or tired from time to time when things don't work out or setbacks happen or sickness happens. But it says, come to me. You'll recover your life. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For some of us right now, we need to just make a fresh choice and say, Lord, I've been trying to sort these things out, a lot of stuff running through my mind, my heart. God wants us to be responsible and to follow things through. But he says, hey, you can't resolve it all without me showing you and leading you and filling you. Why don't you take a moment to surrender your life afresh to God? Give your mind and thoughts and pressures and challenges. And even if there is tiredness or weariness, saying, God, I just yield that to you right now. In my hands, I hold this bread and this cup, which reminds of the finish of the cross, where you, you paid the full price for my sin. You paid the full price so that I could live a life of freedom. Lord, where I can be energized and refreshed, where I can start to soar like an eagle when the storm comes in. Lord, where I can refresh others because your spirit is just bubbling up and overflowing. People say, how do you keep going? They say that to you and you say, well, it's because God loves me and I know that His Spirit is not limited and I'm going to live in freedom. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 